Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up to the minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile device. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team and remember to use the promo code BELIEVE for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. B L E A V. Bet Online. The game starts here. War Eagle, everyone. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. I'm Taylor Davis. He's Jason Campbell. We welcome you into another episode. Hope everyone's had a great week since we last spoke. Jay's got another week down in his fatherhood journey. Seems like the the bags under your eyes are a little less. We're getting some more sleep, I think, right? Yeah, I'm getting a lot more sleep, but a lot of that um, smelly stuff, you know. Okay, that... thank you. I was like, I was about to say, don't say the word. <laughs> You know, babies are so lovable and smell so good until they don't. And that's, why, you know, you know, that's when you know, like, oh, something's wrong here. Let me go change this diaper. You know, it's, it's just floating in the air. That's selfless love, Jay. Oh, goodness. That's up and close personal. <laughs> <laughs> I learned one thing. So when babies get hungry, yeah, they get extremely strong. Yeah, so if you're, not, you know, if you're not giving them something fast enough, they start grabbing your hand with this strength. <laughs> and just, you know, they get you, they get what they, they get want. They get what they want. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I never let people tell you, oh, babies, I don't know, babies are strong. No, no. Until they're hungry. She's a woman on a mission. Honestly, it doesn't change. I, I, I become my most ferocious when I'm hungry, you know? You're hungry and when you're tired. If people won't let you sleep Retweet. and they're bothering you, you know, she lets you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, she lets you know three things when she's sleepy, when she got a dirty diaper, and when she's hungry. And when she's hungry. So if you do those Who three things, blame her? Yeah, she does those three things. <laughs> she's awesome. Well, we are going to get an appearance at some point. He teased me saying that he was gonna bring her in, but she was sleeping. So we'll get it, we'll get a sight one day. But um Let's talk a little bit about what is going on around Auburn. It's kind of a, a slow period right now. We're six days away from spring practice starting, which is insane. Uh, typically, we would have a midweek basketball game. They don't have one this week. The next game is this weekend. Baseball has started, but just a, a series under their belt, so not a ton of breakdown to be able to do there. Uh, Auburn Gymnastics is coming off a road loss to LSU. They're getting closer to postseason. The SEC championship meet is the third weekend in March, if I do believe. So there are things happening for sure. But, of course, we're uh, football heavy around here, so we'll start with that. Spring ball just six days away. We'll obviously get a bit more insight into what they're working with and obviously personnel groups that are getting a lot of emphasis. Uh, give us kind of a, an insight into what you anticipate this spring season in particular is going to entail because you and I were talking before we started recording. There's been a lot of change to this coaching staff, a lot of change in that office, a lot of unfamiliar faces at this point 
Uh, so you need every day that you possibly can to get that to gel on that side of things. But what will this spring really put an emphasis on? Ooh, it's a lot of new faces at this program, yeah. uh, you know, right now. And, you know, anytime there's a new coach, the first year you have kind of what you call a fill out year. And mm -hmm. you know, so, so this season, you know, everyone goes back to the board. Everyone kind of feel like, okay, what do we need to add? Uh, what do we need to, you know, how do we create more steam heading into the spring? And, you know, you had a really good recruiting class, so that was a good start. And now you're looking at it like, okay, you know, the coaching staff has changed in a lot of ways. Um, you know, you see a lot more of uh, Coach Freeze's guys that he's coached with in the past. You know, Derrick Nitz when he was at Ole Miss. Um, you know, you see Vontrell got moved to the defensive line coaching job. Uh, Jay, uh, Coach Garrett left to take the job at Jacksonville. And, you know, instead of them going outside, you know, they felt like Vontrell was a guy who's kind of earned that right. You know, he's been yeah. there with Coach Garrett all year last year. He's kind of – you know, understand the the scheme and what they want to do, and he's one of those young, uh, one of those young coaches with a lot of energy, which is what it takes nowadays with a lot of these young guys. Right. So that D line position, uh, coaching that position, which will have a lot of talent this year. Um, mm -hmm. You know, got guys in the portal and in high school. Uh, Coach Durkin uh, coming into DC, you know, someone that um, you know that has familiarity as well, and and so I, I think overall. You know, spring is a huge part of this. Last year, yeah. Thorne wasn't here in the spring. So you kind of go into the the offseason, still not knowing who your quarterback is and yeah. everything. And now you, you bring a guy in like Thorne midsummer, and he's all of a sudden he's a captain on your team. And then he's, you know, you're starting quarterback. And sometimes things go too fast, mm -hmm. you know, doesn't have time to jail. And I think now that this year there's a full offseason. There's film to go back and watch and see what you did, what you didn't do well. And I think going into the spring, there's going to be, you know, a lot of questions to be answered. How does this young receiving core that we have that came out of high school, Cam Coleman and, and uh, you know, Perry Thompson, when he gets here in the summer and these guys, how how much would they pay a part of being in this offense? How much will Auburn lean on them from a receiving standpoint? Yeah. Uh, you know, just as well as some of the transfer guys they got in that position. So, Everyone knows about the run game. Offensive line and receiver is going to be the two questions. Um, of course, we already know the quarterback. Who's the quarterback? Conversation will come up every week. But to me, it's going to be offensive line and receivers. Who answers the bell in the spring? So you feel better about the defensive line than a lot of people do right now, then? Yeah, I feel better. You know, you got you know, you got some guys that came in. Uh, like I said, like, you got Keldrick Falk, who's a year older. He got a lot of experience last year. Gage Keys came over from Kansas. You know, mm -hmm. supposed to be a good player. You know, Tria Carter came over from University of Texas. Supposed to be another solid player. Okay. Uh, you know, you still got you know Jason Jones from last year. You know, this is his senior year, so I expect him to to pay a lot of big dividends this year. Um, you know, I think from the rush in position, I think McLeod, we still got him. I think, uh, you know, he's going to be looking to have a big season as well. Yeah. Um, and then the, you look at the linebacker core, you know, you, you add the guy from Duke. So I, I feel like along with Austin Keys and Eugene Asante and, you know, and, you know, some of the other guys we got at high school and Riddick. So I, I just think overall, secondary wise, we, we're good. Keontae, you know, it's going to be a key back there. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, Keontae, you, you talk about, you know, just a lot of young talent 
from last year that's coming back defensively that I feel I feel good I feel good about. I, to me, it's yeah. just you, you lose Gunner Britton, you know, and you know how do you replace him on the offensive line? Dylan Wade will he be a big force this year starting at left tackle now that it's his second you know full year being here at Auburn. Right. Uh, we got two tall Miller. Um, you know, so there's a lot of guys in those place offensive line that make this offense line where they can be really, really good. Uh, right. They really can. It, like I said, you got to be able to throw the football, though. You know, who's going to throw the football? Who's going to catch it? Yes, exactly. Okay, so Perry Thompson comes in the summer. Uh, Cam Coleman yeah. is here already. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so that, Thompson, I mean, that's huge for him. All right. And we have, I think, Bryce Kane is here right now. So, okay. So a couple of guys are here right them. now. Yeah. And the Georgia State receiver that transferred in. Oh, he's yeah. Here. Mm-hmm. So, so spring is going to be loaded with a lot of these guys. It's just a few guys that come in the summer that's going to add. Right. But, you know, how how do we jumpstart this thing? This, 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 you can't, we can't do what we did last year where you play 10 receivers. It's just not, it's impossible. Yeah. You got to narrow that thing down to six guys and say, hey, these are the guys that's in rotation this week and you need it to be consistently every week. You also got to have one that you just really feel like is that like screw it. He's down there somewhere kind of guy. And we haven't had that in a while. Just that kind of comfort blanket. Yeah, huh? Somebody's going to show up out of that group that we Yeah, I think see. so too. You know, and, and all of a sudden he's going, you know. Ball out. It. It's been a minute since we've had one of those. It, like you said, the, the quarterback conversation is going to come up weekly. And uh, it certainly will when I'm with you because I just have to pick your brain about it. When you go into a spring like this, look, the reality is when the transfer portal window opened in the winter, Mm -hmm. Hugh Freeze very intentionally was not super aggressive about a quarterback. He was even public in saying Peyton Thorne is going to be our guy. Frankly, I think the bowl game is what changed everything because that bowl game, he had every reason to perform so much better than he did because we had seen small steps of progression. We started blaming it. Well, not blaming it. We started attributing it to, you know, like you said, he wasn't here in the spring. So we had to allow for some time to develop chemistry. We started talking about the differences in play calling that it was, you know, that up and down of who's calling plays. Hugh finally takes over. Okay. Peyton can click. We started attributing it to the wide receivers and how inconsistent they are. They're not creating separation in their routes. No quarterback can get comfortable. Okay. So then we get to a bowl game. You've had extra preparation. You've had extra time. Really, like, all of those excuses are out the window. And he played so terribly, so terribly in that game that now this coaching staff is going, all right, you know what? I want it to be you. I hand-selected you. I have turned a blind eye to other options because I want to make this work. But I can only do so much. Like, you have to hold up your end of the bargain as well. And so this is a very important spring for Peyton in particular. And he's got several young guys that, yes, present with themselves some risks as well. But at least you're dealing with the development, you know, upside of it. That these guys could be the future. And maybe this year is going to have some bumps and bruises. But there's a long-term play. Peyton doesn't have that. It's this year or bust. And so every week could be potentially wasted on that decision if he doesn't step it up. What has to be showcased this spring? Because, yes, summer is important. Fall camp is pivotal. 
but things are taken away from spring. You start that process right now. And with all of those quarterbacks that are there in the wings, what would Peyton have to establish starting next week? Oh, one is command and leadership. Okay. And the reason I say that is because he's going to be dealing with a lot of young guys at the receiver core. Right. So how you handle those guys can dictate their confidence. And what I mean by that is you've got to be someone that's willing to have some grace with your young guys, understand they may run a wrong route here or there. But mm -hmm. you also need to understand some of these guys will make you look good because they are, you know, they're very talented. You know, there's right. a reason that they have that, you know, it's that sticking beside their names, mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, he's going to have to show like, hey, get them guys confidence, but can they believe in him? to put the ball where it needs to be when it's supposed to be there. Can he right. makes the can he make the decision to keep the offense on schedule? I, you, you're right about the bowl game. I, I thought, you know, that would have been a great opportunity for him to kind of head into the offseason with some momentum and some steam. But instead, yep. you heard after the game, Coach Freeze say, hey, you know, this thing is going to be an open competition. Mm -hmm. You know, why? Because Holden Gurner got out there and, you know, whether when he came in, he was prepared or not, you know, it just he didn't look like he was ready at that yeah. time. Then all of a sudden Hank Brown comes in there. He hasn't played a down all year. <laughs> and he looked like the best quarterback, you know, in command at that Says time. A lot. Yep. You know, yeah, of course we can say it was late in the game, you know, but it is it's just the fact that the way the ball was coming off his hand, there was no indecision. It was yep. like he was reaching out and the ball was just coming out. You know, it was no hesitation. So when you see things like that, it make you wonder, okay, man, this kid, you know, may have a shot. And then everyone watched Walker White and uh, his uh, all-star game, and he shows a lot of promise. And, yeah. you know, I've seen, I've seen him in person. He's a, He looks like an SEC quarterback. Does he? Uh, you know, he's – and, you know, he's a guy that's very confident in himself. So I'm not opposed to having young quarterbacks start more because – all the seven on seven nowadays, these kids start off at seventh grade going through seven on sevens, travel ball, all these different things. Now they come into college more equipped and more prepared than the days when I came in. You know, totally. just because they have so much more at their display before they even get here. You know, all yeah. these elite 11 camps and, you know, where they're going through so much film and everything. So a lot of the high school offenses, some of those guys have been hired to the college level. You know, you, you look at, uh, you know, Gus, you look at Hugh Freeze, you look at uh, what's my coach at Sanford, um, Red, Red Lashley. You know, you look at all these guys, they was all at high school. Right. And you know what I'm saying? These was the offenses they was running. So now those coaches are now in college. So a lot of this stuff that these guys are running in college, high school coaches are running the same stuff because of all these, uh, when they go to these seminars and stuff, they're they're giving them the information of how they run their offenses. So these right. kids come well prepared. To me, you can go with a young freshman quarterback. We have a good offensive line. We have a really good run game. And then you have weapons that can make him look good on the outside. And True. I think, you know, if you have those things, if you feel confident enough out the spring that, hey, it doesn't have to be a senior. It doesn't have to be – Whoever the best man is wins the job. You know, yeah. I, I, it's just an open competition where it's the best man wins. If Peyton's the best man, then go with Peyton. If he's not the best man, if one of the younger guys the best man, then go with the younger guy. You earn it through spring ball, and then you got to earn it over the summer. And right. then you got to earn those first couple of games of the season. You know, so you won't earn the first game. We play Alabama State, no offense, but we play Cal the second game. Yeah. You know, so that'll be a game to kind of determine some things. But we haven't talked about this guy, Rico Walker, the tight end transfer from Maryland. You know, yeah. he's a, his dad played at Auburn. 
uh, as well. But he's a guy that's a, another big athlete, kind of reminds you of Rivaldo Fairweather. Dan Coleman, who's about 6'3", 6'4", and outside. And then you got Perry Thompson, who's about 6'4", 6'5", on the on the opposite side of him. And then if you, you know, not saying these other guys are going to start, I'm just saying, like, for example, but then you throw in 6'6", Fairweather. And then, you know, you throw in a 6'3", 6'4", um, you know, Rico Walker. And you still got – Luke Deal and, and those guys still there. So, you know, you're talking about a basketball team that you're playing <laughs> ball to. So it adds another element to the offense to be able to do more with Fairweather yeah. and not just have him take all the attention. You have another guy that you can put opposite side of him, which makes the safeties have to pay attention to both of those guys. So you create like matchup. Oh, it's a great matchup. So you add all of this versatility and firepower to an offense, but ultimately the field general's got to get figured out, you know? So that's going to be, I don't see a world in which that's not the focus of spring. Like the, the small media windows and availability that we get are going to read into every single motion that that position group makes. So we will uh, hopefully get a little bit of insight into how that's looking, and it will obviously culminate, as it always does, with the spring game, which is happening on April 6th. That feels very early. I was looking at the SEC football slate, and majority of them are either the next weekend or two weekends after that, the 13th or the 20th, but ours is on April 6th, so we will keep our eyes on it. Yeah, spring um, ball's early. I've I know. February. Before. First spring yeah. ball is crazy. Groundhog saw his shadow, so he'll get six weeks of early spring. But <laughs> bring it on! It's like sixties today in Nashville, and I am just a much better version of myself when the weather's warm. Um, yeah. Let me ask you a couple. I know you're busy and dad, dadhood, but you know NFL stuff is obviously we're about a month away from free agency and there's a lot of conversations the franchise tag conversation starts coming up and a couple big names I actually just had to do a an NFL show a few minutes ago and they were asking me about this so I want to get your opinion a couple big names that could potentially be in different jerseys next season and a few years ago no one thought either of these guys would be in that situation. I'll start with Saquon Barkley. Obviously they put the franchise tag on him last season. It was about 10 mil. He was coming off his career best over 1300 rushing yards the year before. So they did it this year. It would be up to like 12.1 mil to sign him. Uh, they didn't have a great season. He rushed for under a thousand yards. Do you think they use it on him again? Or do you think, Saquon actually doesn't end his career as a giant, which he's been very open about wanting to do. You know, you, if you're Saquon, you want to stay with the Giants. You know, there's no bigger market than the New York. You know, you yeah. just imagine like how much money he probably makes off the field just in endorsements in New York. You know, so he understands that if he leaves, that um, he could be leaving a lot of you know, opportunities. opportunities that goes beyond football when he finished playing. Uh, just in that that aspect. But when you think about it, you know, a team that comes to mind for me when it comes to Saquon is, you know, maybe Houston. Uh, yeah. You know, Houston is a team that, you know, you got a young quarterback, uh, you got a good good defense. You know, you add some added strong run game to take pressure, pressure off of him. Uh, I think Houston comes to mind. Um, you know, Washington has a lot of cap space. Mm -hmm. You know, he could, he could go to Washington or Dallas because Dallas 
you know, they have Pollard, but they need another. They need us. Pollard's to me more of a second punch guy. He's not your bail guy. Yeah. Saquon will be the bail guy, and Pollard can be a great two off, off of him. So we'll see what happens with that. But I don't think he's going to get as much money he's looking for out there because of the injuries that has played him over the years. Agreed. And the fact that he just turned 27, which is insane to say, but with running backs in particular, 27 is actually the age that things kind of start to shift in terms of contract, just because of the nature of the position and the wear and tear that you're taking on. So I don't think that from a business perspective, I don't see the Giants doing it. I mean, that's a 20% raise when his performance declined this season. And yes, there's a variety of factors that you contribute to that. But when you make it black and white, which you do in business, I don't really see that. But I agree. I don't know that that's necessarily going to equate to more money for him. But it could equate to playing in bigger games. And at the end of the day, when you are a guy like Saquon Barkley, that whenever he hangs it up, there is a ton of respect. And he's done a lot in the league. To finish your career having never played in games that really mattered and potentially vying for a championship, you know, that may be the point that he's at right now, too. So, and the other guy being talked about a lot is Mike Evans. He is, uh, they they basically should have gotten the deal done to start this week to avoid the dead cap situation, whatever. It's all kind of confusing. And I think social media makes it more dramatic than it really is. But, uh, this is a guy that I also thought I would see retire in a Bucks jersey. He's been there 10 years. He's had over a thousand receiving yards every year. Like that's insane. Like consistency at that level is uh, very, very rare. And I know how much he matters to that franchise. Yeah. I, I thought about being a GM one day in, in the pros, but then I just, you know, just kind of decided to go in a different direction. <laughs> My thing is, I would probably say Mike Evans, Tampa's going to try to resign him because he helped Baker Mayfield so much this year. Yeah, you know, and, and they're probably going to resign Baker to probably a two-year contract. That's what I was so going to say. They got to figure out Baker too. So they probably need Mike Evans there. The thing though with Mike, I would hope they would do him like they did Fitzgerald. Like Arizona just kept taking care of Fitzgerald. Yeah, you know, he ended up playing his pretty much his whole career. In, in Arizona. Mike Evans, that type of guy. You know, Agreed. if you're a Tampa, you got to take care of your own guys, man. Like, he's done so much for that franchise. Like, you know, you understand you're not going to break the bank with him because he is an older receiver, but pay him fair. You know what I'm saying? And, sure. and, and everything and, and keep him there. Like, that means a lot to take care of your own people. Someone that's, he hasn't missed games. I you know, know. He's been consistent. Like, he's been, he's been tough. He's been, you know, he's been there. Um, yeah. If he doesn't resign with Tampa, if I'm Kansas City, I go get Mike Evans. And I put Mike, I put Mike Evans in Kansas City with an experienced quarterback, Mahomes and Kelsey and those guys. Like he wants to play for a Super Bowl. You know, even though he yeah. won one with Brady a couple of years yeah. ago, you know, he wants to play at towards the end of your career. You want to be either competing for a championship or having a chance at just getting your name in it to be to be able to fight for it in January. So I, I like two places for him. I like Kansas City, one, veteran quarterback. Two, if T. Higgins doesn't resign in Cincinnati, I like Mike Evans Dang. going to see. Yeah, that's good. I'd prefer that. Stop giving talent to the Chiefs. We're over it. Um, <laughs> interesting storylines for sure. And we'll we'll uh we'll be in the time where a lot of chaos ensues at the end of March. So football 
football's year round around here. You know what I mean? Uh, but it is also basketball. And as much as it pains me to have to discuss what the frick happened this past weekend, the whiplash that we alluded to on last week's episode continued because uh, this this team unfortunately lost to Kentucky at home, a place that hasn't seen very many losses in the Bruce Pearl era. Uh, we fell to Kentucky 70 to 59. It was also the worst shooting night at home in the Bruce Pearl era. We have never shot under 32% from the field and under 20% from three at home under Coach Pearl, which is both a compliment and a disappointment because that's just a testament to what this program has been consistently under him, uh, but really confusing the ping pong match that this team has been playing with themselves, essentially. I mean, you go beat Alabama very convincingly, lose to Florida very convincingly, beat the breaks off South Carolina very convincingly, and then, you guessed it, very convincingly, lose to Kentucky. The extremes are what become hard to grapple with. It's one thing to lose. It's another thing to get beat without question on the heels of winning without question. that it, It's a conundrum, and I, I'm not entirely sure what you attribute it to because last week I was sitting here questioning if it's the environment. Well, heck, we did it at home. <laughs> yeah, this uh, the game to Kentucky – that's a tough pill to swallow because, one, it pretty much knocked you out of winning any chance of the SEC regular season because yeah. even if Bama drops one, now, you know, like we just put ourselves out of position because now Tennessee is still ahead of us. Bama's now two games ahead of us. So it's just a, it's a tough pill to swallow because you had Kentucky at home. You got the crowd noise. I knew we was in trouble as soon as college game day started talking so much, talking so good about us and picking us, everybody picking us to win. Now, just like, see, that hasn't always been the case. When they started right. trying to pick, if somebody would pick Kentucky a little bit and start giving them a little bit more praise, then I think Auburn would have came out with their hair on fire. But yeah. instead, Kentucky came out playing extremely physical, playing extremely hard, and we couldn't buy a basket. It's just one of those nights where when the ball is not going to the basket early and you find yourself in a hole, and like you said before the show, we just started shooting threes. Just like if the ball is not going to the hole from the three-point, what do we have inside? You got to not ball inside. Let him try to work, get some easy twos, slash and get to the basket, create some fouls, get to the free throw line, you know, just so you can start to see the ball go in. And then that way you start to build confidence. But – Instead, we kept shooting long threes. We kept getting – we were fighting to come back, and then we'd dig ourselves back into another hole. And then we got in foul trouble early. Uh, you know, anytime your guards are in foul trouble, it, it hurts you because the aggressiveness that you – it takes off some of your aggression on the defensive side. Yep. Uh, so I, I just feel like this was a game that – it's like you said, you're looking for something consistent because you beat South Carolina by 40, and this was a respected team. Very. And – you know, and then you come home and then you lose to a Kentucky team. Let's say they're playing better. Kentucky is playing better. But if yeah. we want to be a team to go deep into the tournament, I just feel like we got to be a little bit more consistent. Yeah, consistency has certainly been an element of it in very obvious ways. Also, very disappointing to see the injury to Jalen Williams, uh, who went down during that game. It was 
said that he was out indefinitely. There is optimism around Auburn that it'll be a couple weeks, so we could have him back uh, for the final couple of games. What do we have, five regular season games left? That's crazy. Georgia. Then I think we have, what, Tennessee, Tennessee, State, Missouri, and then Georgia again. That's wild. So we will be getting into – uh sec tournament play and ideally the ncaa tournament and march madness i love march madness and it will certainly be more fun if auburn's able to make a run but yeah with five regular season games left jay i I mean i don't know if that can even quantify establishing consistency at this point but in some realm you have to start to create that because there is going to be no depth in the tournament if that piece is missing you can't be the team that's which one are we going to get this extreme or that like that's that's not going to bode well you're going to have the same result that we did last year so think about the tournament too taylor is your guards used to carry you in a tournament think about the year right. that we went to final four it was bryson harper totally you know, you know of course we got our guys okifi and those guys down low battling and everything but you're gonna have Janai and Dalen and all those guys they're gonna be battling you know what yeah. i'm saying but our guards have got to shoot the ball well going down the stretch here we need holloway to get fired yeah. you know we need him to get his confidence he struggled back. yeah we need trey you know we need trey to still be aggressive and you know he got in foul trouble the other night but we need him to keep that aggression and and, and, and everything kd is very streaky you know that you know that about kd but you know you're gonna get 100 percent effort you just don't know <laughs> a hot night or a cold he night he is a gamble in a basketball hey, so, player so i just hope that going down the stretch here we get consistency Find consistency, but then don't get bounced in the first round of the tournament. I know. It's going into the the NCAA tournament. Stay in it for a couple of days. You know, yeah. have a shot to win that thing and and carry that. That's what helped us that year too. We had so much momentum riding into the NCAA tournament. Right. You got to position yourself well at this point. So. We will see. Like we said, the next game is Saturday against Georgia, so we will uh, give you a recap on that next week. And baseball season is underway. They won their first three-game series against Eastern Kentucky, and they have a win over UAB from yesterday. And they head to the Jacks College Baseball Classic this weekend, starting with a game on Friday against Iowa. So, Baseball season is underway, which means we are getting close to spring and summer and all the good things that come with that. So quick little recap episode, but hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back next week to talk about everything else. Spring ball will officially have begun. So hopefully we'll have a little insight, but everyone. Yes. Don't hear somebody's on. We're going to get some guests. I know we say that a lot and then don't do it, but we are going to get some guests and uh, more exciting things to come. So hang with us. We will be back next week. And until then, make sure you subscribe. If you haven't already, you'll get a notification every time we release an episode. You can also find us on Believe's YouTube channel if you prefer to watch video. Uh, And we will talk very soon. War Eagle. War Eagle, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.